Hello and welcome to The Insider. I'm Lisa Adams. Welcome to our viewers and to our listeners on the radio as well. Today we're going to be getting an update on ECAT, the Erie Center for Arts and Technology, a program that's transformed the former Wayne School at 6th and East Avenue. My guest is Daria Devlin, who is Executive Director of ECAT, the Erie Center for Arts and Technology. Welcome back. Thanks, Lisa. Great to have you here. So from my perspective as an observer, this has gone from an idea to reality really, really quickly. But I'm sure from your perspective, it took a lot of time and a lot of work. For sure. I mean, you know, I tell people all the time, this idea generated almost 10 years ago now, um, when a group of kind of local businessmen and community members went to Pittsburgh, saw Bill Strickland, and really got excited about the idea. They formed a board. Um, I think for them, it took longer than they hoped. But I was hired in 2019 as the first executive director. So we've accomplished a lot in two years, but it's, it's been a long road, I think, for the people that have been involved from the beginning. So from your perspective, how is it to, to see it come to fruition? We're just so thrilled. And I mean, as the first executive director, I had this huge task of bringing to life this idea, again, that they had seen in Pittsburgh, seen in Sharon, seen in Brockway, Pennsylvania. So we're so thrilled um, that we've really finally gotten it off the ground. We have a home now in, in the old Wayne School, which we did just love, and we're there with so many great partners. Um, so it's, it's, really, it's, it's, it's really an exciting time at the organization, for sure. So if people don't know what ECAT exactly is about, I'd like you to remind us about the mission of it. I know you're focused on two things, adult career training and teen arts programs, but I've put together a little graphic mm -hmm. based on your sort of three tenets. So walk us through these three things and tell us how that relates to the adult programs and the youth programs. Absolutely. So again, this entire model was started by Bill Strickland in Pittsburgh. And I tell people all the time, if you've not heard of Bill, please Google him, watch his TED Talk, because he really does this much better than I certainly can. But the idea is to change people's lives um, through two things, youth arts programming and adult career job training. And the entire model is based on three core philosophies. The first, that environment shapes behavior. That means that if you put people in a beautiful environment full of hope and light, they will change their behavior. Um, they will do better in their lives. The second, that all people are assets. That means everyone has something to offer. Everyone is able to contribute. We just have to find a way to help them along. And finally, that creativity fuels enterprise, that sometimes we have to do things differently than we've done them before. And so these three core philosophies really shape all the work we do in our programming, as well as in our physical plant at Wayne. Well, we know a lot of great teaching went on at Wayne over the years. It was a rather run-down facility, though. We're going to take a peek inside a little bit later on. But I know you have a brand new logo. Yeah. Uh, it's very colorful. There's some colorful painting on the outside of the building as well. So tell us about your logo. Sure. So I'm very lucky to have um, our second hire, actually, was Jude Shingle. Jude is our director of arts programming. Um, he came from us, came to us from the library um, where he ran programming there. And, and Jude worked with a local artist to develop this logo. And it really embodies kind of who we are. It's, it's, it's catchy. It's bright. Um, we really want to show that vibrancy in the arts. But it's also, we think, um, it's very clean. And it's important to us, again, that everything around the environment that we function in, how we present ourselves, how we brand ourselves, holds to those core philosophies that we just discussed. And we think the new logo does that. 
So you spoke of your board and you spoke of the people who were kind of behind the idea of all of this. Can you explain what role UPMC Hammett has in all of that? Absolutely. So um, again, with the program originating in Pittsburgh um, with Bill Strickland and his work, um, basically UPMC came along and said wherever they were making a significant investment in a community, for example, like they did in Erie, they wanted to have one of these centers because they felt that the adult career training that happened provided them with the employees they needed needed to fulfill their role in the healthcare industry. So they had been very active in Pittsburgh, active in other places in PA. And so they were in touch with Boo Haggerty, who's my board chair, um, the chair of the foundation, um, Hammond Health Foundation, and said to Boo, UPMC's made a huge investment in Erie. We want one of these centers to go along with it. Um, it's important to note, no money came with that. Um, a lot of people, I think, are mistaken in the sense they think we are a program of UPMC. We are not. It was simply that initial push to get the center established, connected with Bill Strickland and making it happen. So I have had a chance to meet Bill Strickland um, a couple of times. And uh, if you haven't Googled him yet, um, he, he was he is kind of a self-described bad kid or just not very motivated, I guess. But at some point in time, he got involved in a ceramic arts program and it, it changed his life. That's right. So the way Bill tells the story, he lived in Manchester, which is on the north side. I just learned that myself not too many years ago. Um, but it's down on the north side. It was disconnected from the rest of the city by some interstates that went in down there. Um, and so he felt like his community was falling apart. And he himself was a black man living in Pittsburgh in the 60s. So race riots and things happening there. Um, and he was completely dis disengaged from his education. And he connected with his arts teacher in his high school. Um, the teacher was teaching ceramics and the art teacher said, come here and check out what I'm doing. And according to Bill, the way he tells the story, it changed his life because it got him engaged in school. Um, it taught him that sometimes things fall apart like ceramics can, but you can pick yourself back up. And those life lessons really have served him well. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about exactly what programs are going on inside the ECAT building right now and how many adults and teens are taking advantage of them. We hope you'll stay with us. I'm Lisa Adams. Welcome back to The Insider. My guest again is Daria Devlin, who is Executive Director of ECAT, the Erie Center for Arts and Technology that's in the former Wayne School. So tell us about the adult job training that's underway right now. What programs do you have right now? So right now we are working with the Board of Education to get ourselves licensed for our clinical medical assistant program. Um, ECAT's job training programs really have a couple of uh, core purposes, and we're really interested in training folks for jobs here in Erie County, so in-demand positions, but also positions that at least approach a living wage. So we're really not interested in training people for, say, a minimum wage job because we really don't know how that can help them change their lives and get them out of poverty. So we have come upon this clinical medical assistant. We see it as being high need in Erie County also on the ladder toward living wage. So we've worked with the Board of Education to become licensed for that. We are currently recruiting students for it. We can accommodate a cohort of about 15. Um, those classes begin December 6th, and so we're in the process now of recruiting for that program, hope to fill an entire cohort of 15, and that's a 28-week program, um, full-time, eight to three every day, five days a week, and that will end in July, and then we'll start another cohort right after that. 
So help me out a little bit here. What exactly does a clinical medical assistant do? What types of facilities might they work in a doctor's office or a nursing home or what? So I've really um, thought about it recently as I've gone to the doctor myself and I realize typically the person that greets you when you're first kind of taken back to an exam room is a clinical medical assistant. They're the person that's taking your vitals. They're typically the person that's recording your symptoms and talking you through your electronic medical record. They can also be the front desk person who's doing some of the billing work on the back end. They can work in hospitals, doctor's offices, long, long care facilities. I mean, an enormous breadth of opportunity in that position. So how is your program staffed then and funded? Is it funded by tuition? Is that uh reasonably priced and are you creating jobs for the people who are going to be teaching in this program too? Absolutely. So we've actually just hired two full-time um, instructors for the clinical medical assistant program. Both of them have either been medical assistants themselves or taught in the field. Um, and what's really important to know about our program is there is no cost. There is no tuition. Um, and we do that because we believe that strapping people with significant student debt when they are trying to get out of poverty and are trying to get into that field of a living wage, the student debt can really be the burden for them. So our programs are created to be no cost. We don't say they're free because it's very important to note that we require really intense personal commitment. You have to show up every day. You're taking the spot. Um, you have to really be committed to the program, but there is no financial cost to any student in the program. So we know there are a number of programs getting going here because people mm -hmm. identify this need to do uh, workforce training that, that does produce a living wage. Obviously the community college is the most recent one as well as the northern uh, college as, as well. So how does what you're doing dovetail with those things? Absolutely. So it was really important to us and to me personally from the very beginning that we are not at all duplicating any programs and services. So we see ourselves as a point on the continuum for workforce development. Um, we are doing very specific programs. I mentioned clinical medical assistant will likely move in, into a um, coding and billing program, but that's really it. It's very specific programs. We also require that any student that come to us be able to read and do math at about a 12th grade level. So again, when we think about a continuum, if we have a student come to us who can't do read, who can't read and math, do math at that level, we'd like to send them somewhere, perhaps to the community college to get that remediation. Also, when they're done with us, when they have that very specific training, maybe they'd like to go on and do something else. Again, great to send them somewhere else. So we are just one point on that continuum and really hope to work well with all of these partners. Of course, we all know that you know, workforce development is a huge need in Erie County. So before we go on and talk about what you're doing with the students and the arts side of things, you're also working with the Tech After Hours program. So explain how that fits with your total vision. Sure. So I think I mentioned, you know, we had to be licensed by the Board of Education for our own programs. And that process took a while and we had to have a building completed before we could even apply. So in the interim, we approached the area school district and said we knew they had the Tech After Hours program. That's after hours, so that's an evening class. They were running courses in construction trades, machining, um, and welding. And we approached them and said, can we help you in any way? And so they were very grateful to kind of get the assistance. You know, adult ed is really not their thing. They really need to focus on K-12 education. So we took over the program. We continue to use their instructors who are wonderful. Um, they're the instructors in the daytime program as well. But we came in and brought our model. So that core philosophy we talked about, we eliminated the need for tuition because none of 
of our programs require tuition, so now students can come to the Tech After Hours program for nothing. Um, and then we're helping them with kind of recruiting, marketing, enrollment, retention of those students. So it's a great partnership. It's happening still at Erie High. We're just a partner for the Erie School District. All right, so just quickly, what other programs do you hope to add in the adult side of things? Right, so we talked about the medical coding and billing. That's pretty high on the list. Um, of course, Erie Insurance is a huge employer now, so providing some workforce development and insurance claims we think could be helpful. Um, we've been approached about a CDL program for truck drivers. That will be something we'll explore. So again, what's in need in Erie? How can we be flexible and create those programs? Okay, so what about the teens and the after-school art programs? I mean, we are going to show you the building in a minute. I was blown away by just how bright and sunny it was when I was in there, how beautiful the art studios are. So how many kids are involved in this right now? Right now, we've launched two studios. So this fall, we launched our ceramic studio and also our um, painting and drawing studio. And we had about 30 students enrolled. So that's between middle and high school. Um, I should note that typically Manchester Bidwell programs really focus on high school students. But because of our location with East Middle School across the street, it really was silly not to include those kids. So we've had a pilot program with uh, middle school students from East and then high school students from throughout Erie County, about 30 students in those programs. We'll start up again in the spring and we'll actually have four full studios running at that time. And again, there's not a cost to kids who are involved. So are, are teachers referring students to you who they think would benefit from this? Or do students spread it word of mouth? I'm doing this cool thing after school. Come with me. So it's a little bit of both. Um, we certainly are building relationships with art instructors. You know, during the pandemic, it was pretty tough to get into schools, have conversations. And so we're still building those relationships. We hope art teachers will refer. Um, but right now we have a lot of word of mouth and because of our building we have kids kind of coming in they see the space they get excited they tell their friends so it's a mix um, when we're fully operational in the spring i mean we hope to serve about 100 students just in that semester that's great well when we come back we're going to focus on all that you did do to make wayne school bright and new and why that matters stay with us Welcome back again to The Insider. I'm Lisa Adams and we're talking with Daria Devlin, Executive Director of the Erie Center for Arts and Technology. So we've talked about the philosophy for the center and I know, again, based on Bill Strickland's model in Pittsburgh, he was there when you were able to cut the mm. ribbon in the end of the summer there and show off the building. We have a little bit of video of that day. So what did it mean to you to have him come here for that moment? I mean, it was just so incredibly special for him to be here and, and see the building open. Again, we had talked about it for so long, um, worked with so many folks locally and in Pittsburgh to make it happen. So we were just so happy that, that Bill was able to make it. His health is um, always a little bit of question. He's in his mid-80s. He's had a double lung transplant. Wow. Um, so this is, this is a person who's really overcome quite a bit. So we're very, very grateful he could join us. I would never have guessed he's mm -hmm. in his mid-80s. So we're taking a look at the building now. It really is bright and beautiful. Um, how did you come with the, up with the plan and the funds to make this transformation? Well, I, I tell people all the time that there was so much serendipity involved in this project. Um, I mentioned before that uh, my board chair, Boo Haggerty, I had worked with Boo many years ago to put the health center 
um, that was in the basement of the building. When the building was still a school, we put a school-based health center in the basement. I was a grant writer on that project. So Lou and I had a little bit of a relationship with Wayne a long time ago. Um, when I was hired as the executive director and the building was up for sale, um, it just kind of made sense. Uh, and so we were able to work with the district on a really good sale price. Again, the health center was there. They needed more space. They could be an anchor tenant for us. So that really got it started. Um, now from there, it was a difficult road, certainly. Um, the building needed a lot more asbestos remediation than we first knew, so that was an initial challenge. We hired a great architectural firm out of Pittsburgh, uh, Rick Avon, and the best thing we ever did was hire our local project manager, Spalding Bank's project management. They worked with us through the entire thing, created a plan that we could afford, um, and then really got construction done in just about a year. Yeah, I saw the, the we saw in the video there the new entrance sort of on the back side of the building, uh, really creative there. And again, the light, the change of the windows, just the light streaming into the building, uh, it was added onto. It was an old school. So again, environment really matters mm -hmm. in, in your philosophy. So do you think you've delivered here? Oh my gosh, Lisa, I think we have. Um, certainly, you know, you always look and think, well, what else could we have done? But you're right, adding the lobby, um, we really wanted a central point where people came in and had this kind of wow moment. I think we created that. There's a beautiful water feature in that lobby. Um, so we're really pleased with that. And I mean, honestly, looking back, we're just thrilled with how the entire project worked out. And I will say, yes, we replaced the windows, but there was a lot of light in that building to begin with. We just kind of helped it come out. You sure did. Well, when we come back, we're gonna talk about what you're continuing to work on now to transform the neighborhood even further. Stay with us. Today we're all about getting an update on the Erie Center for Arts and Technology with Executive Director Daria Devin, uh, Devlin. I'm Lisa Adams. Welcome back to The Insider. So uh, we just got a nice view inside of the building there. We've heard about your programs, but you have some additional tenants in the program or in the building as well. So let's start with, uh, we know Hammett has a health mm -hmm. facility there, which was really the concept was to bring that to a school, bring it to a neighborhood. So that's still going on? Yeah, so the building is 80,000 square feet. It's way more than we could have possibly used ourselves. So. Um, we have Primary Health Network actually runs the health center now. It originally was Hammett, but it was transferred over a few years ago. So that clinic is there, and I can't say enough about them. Um, you can get same-day appointments there. You don't have to be a patient. Um, you don't have to have insurance, or you can have some insurance. I mean, they really serve the community. So they're there with us. Certainly the UPMC um, School of Nursing is there. Our friends at United Way of Erie County are there. But we've also added some small nonprofits um, in the old basement space once the health center left to their new space upstairs. Um, we've created some offices for the Blue Coats, who are now there with us. Also, Emma's Footprints, um, they're an organization that helps mothers who are grieving, but they're now doing work, um, outreach work for um, mostly women of color during labor and childbirth. So they have a doula program. They've put that in the building as well. Um, we're talking to the ladies at Erie's Black Wall Street about perhaps offering them some office space. So just creating this really nice ecosystem of nonprofits to serve the neighborhood. And so by those folks being tenants, that's helping to stabilize the funding base for your programs as well? Absolutely. I, I think people um, are not maybe fully aware that most of the funding for that 
renovation is debt. Um, so it wasn't like we were handed $12 million. We have a lot of debt on the building. We were able to make it work because we have tenants paying us rent every month. So the income you know, comes in from the tenants. It goes out to pay our debt service and helps us maintain the building. And that's the only way we've been able to make it work. So is there any organized synergy uh, among the groups that are now in the building, or is that just sort of uh, happening naturally? It, it's happening naturally. I'll say we need to do maybe a little better marketing together. We've talked about maybe um, when the weather again turns you know, nice in the spring, going out and doing some door-to-door, -door, meeting our neighbors, talking with them about everything that's offered in the building. So we can do some more things on purpose. But in the meantime, um, we just have so many people coming into the building that they're now being connected with you know, different services that are offered in the same place. And that was always the intent. Um, the other thing we have is a beautiful community room. We took the old cafeteria, turned it into this community meeting space, and Erie City moms are meeting there once a month with all of their moms and kids. And so again, we're just getting a lot of people in there. And the more they're there, the more they get connected to the services. And we know United Way is on a mission to crush poverty. So um, how is this helping them maybe have sort of boots on the ground in the neighborhood where, where the rubber really meets the road? Sure. Well, I mean, I think everyone knows that one of their signature programs now is the community school model, which, you know, personally, I'm so pleased to see them do. Now they're located across the street from one of their community schools, which I think really helps. Um, again, we're bringing students in. We had the uh, we had the Positive Youth Development Middle School Summit in the building a few weeks ago. So all these middle school students in the building, they're taking, um, they're participating in our arts program so they can get connected to kind of what all United Way is doing. Also, we are using the community school model to connect parents and families to what's happening in the building. So it truly is working all together. So I know you're considering some neighborhood expansion. So is that into other buildings that are already in the neighborhood or adding parking? What, what's, in, what's in the works? So I, I think right now we just have a lot of ideas. Um, because we pulled off this, I think, a miracle with Wayne, um, there is a question about what else could be done. And when we look around the neighborhood, you know, we look kind of south on the East Avenue corridor and think this could be a really interesting commercial space. Um, when I was a girl, I used to walk over to Pio's, um, you know, right on East Avenue there. So there's a lot of storefront. And so we're interested in maybe seeing what else might be possible, um, what other real estate we might be able to purchase. We really see a need for a grocery store. Um, there's That area is definitely a food desert and we really need to find a way. I think that's the last piece we have um, in this ecosystem. So, you know, we're just kind of looking at space to see what might be possible, what could we purchase, and then could we work with other partners to do even more in that amazing neighborhood. So when I was a girl, I think there was a green stamp store next to Wayne School, so I'm not sure if that's <laughs> correct, but we can look that up. All right, well, if, if students are interested in these after-school arts options, how do they go about signing up? Absolutely, so our website is very easy, eriecat.org. Um, on the website, you can learn more about what we're offering. Again, right now, we're kind of coming into the end of our fall semester, but we'll be picking back up in the spring, right after school gets started in January. EerieCat.org has all of our offerings. You can register through the website um, and really kind of understand what, what we have and, and how you can get involved. And so as far as the adult training programs, we can take a look at a screenshot from your website. Adults really can go on here and apply. Is, is it rolling? Is it happening all the time? It is not rolling um, because the program does function as a cohort-based program. So it will start again December 6th. 
Um, we need to have a full cohort, or at least a, a close to full cohort to get started. There are some eligibility requirements, but that mainly is pretty much, again, um, your ability to kind of read and do math without remediation. You do have to be a resident of Erie County. Um, so it is not rolling admission. We are certainly encouraging people who are interested to learn more now. Um, but if you miss this opportunity, we'll open it up again in the summertime. So we have just about a minute remaining. If adults are interested and they want to know more, if there's a little trepidation, can they come and visit, take a tour of the building? They can absolutely come and visit. And then we have, um, I think, a little hidden weapon, secret weapon there. Um, our first hire actually was Tamika Craig, who is our um, adult student specialist. And Tamika is amazing at just meeting with folks, helping them understand what the program is, talking through their questions. She sits at the front desk, so if you show up, you can meet her right when you walk in. And she has been amazing at helping people maybe feel a little bit better about the commitment. So yeah, stop by or get in touch with Tamika, and I think she can answer those questions. Well, thank you, Daria, for all the updates. As always, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time on The Insider.